Let's all we dream big Cause all we take with us is the things we did Dream big, dream big, yeah Just dream big, dream big, yeah That's what my papa said Dream big, mama told me dream big uh, if you're new to me, my name is Matthew Pfeiffer. I'm a therapist, coach, author. At this point in time, I'm a full-time content creator. So make sure you guys are following me on all, all of my platforms because I offer something a little bit different on all of my platforms. And I talk about uh, emotional intelligence. I talk about relationships. I talk about dating. I talk about toxic relationships, uh, moving forward, healing from them. Uh, so thank you guys very much for hopping in. Also, don't forget that if you have a question, you can always submit something. Don't doesn't have to be all official. Doesn't have to be an am I the asshole? But uh, just send shoot me a DM, and um, and it might be something that that I uh, that I uh, take a look at. So uh, thank you guys very much. And so and uh, and it can just be a simple DM. So I responded to someone who sent me a DM. Um, and we keep everything confidential and things like that. Um, but the reason why I do it that way is that everyone gets to learn something from it. Yeah, people can chime in and people can learn as well in the comment section. But uh, when you're reading uh, other people's situations and you're able to, and, and then sometimes even when you're writing it down, when you're sending it in, or if you're hearing me uh, read your situation, a lot of times that pro provides a lot of learning. I tell people a lot that, you can learn a lot just by talking about your situation and hearing it come out of your own head. How many of you have told told a story to someone, to a friend or a family member, and as soon as it starts to hit your mouth and as soon as it starts to hit your tongue, you're like, this sounds fucking crazy. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Right. The minute that it starts to hit your mouth. And so that's a lot of the reason why I, I do that. And sometimes when you hear other people's stories who are relatable to you, you start to piece together that I that I need to make some changes myself. So thank you very much for hopping in again. Uh, for those of you who are interested as well in doing work, if you are someone who needs therapy, maybe you're struggling with co-parenting, if you're struggling uh, healing from a narcissist, healing from a toxic relationship, um, maybe you have, maybe you've been out for a while and you're start you're, you're noticing that you're still struggling with a lot of symptoms. Uh, don't forget that you can go to the link in my bio. You can book a, uh, session with a better help therapist. So you can, it'll be with a licensed therapist and, uh, and because I'm partnered with them, you'll get an exclusive offer of 15% off your first month of therapy. Now, with that being said, one of the misconceptions with BetterHelp is that it's all online. Online is available, but you can actually meet someone in person too. So that's one that's one of the reasons why I really like that partnership. So uh, don't so don't think that it's all just online based. It's also uh, but also but also when you book you can you can scroll down and you can be very specific about what it is that you're struggling with, whether it be depression, whether it be PTSD symptoms, whether it be couples, they offer couples therapy. And another reason why I partnered with them is because a lot of people who I was working with, their teens and their kids were also having issues as well. And so they do offer uh, therapy for teens and they do offer therapy for children as well. So on bo both online and in person as well. So that's a misconception that a lot of people have. How much growth is growth enough to keep working at it? Uh, so I, so uh, I tell people that you, you should always be working on yourself, right? Um, even here's the, here's a misconception that a lot of times people think that 
you should heal before you get into a relationship, which there's some truth to that. The reason why I say some truth to that is that we should always be looking to heal. We should always be looking at growing. We should always be looking at developing as a person and learning how to communicate uh, more eff effectively and efficiently. We should still be growing and still be healing within a relationship. And quite often, uh, our healing takes place within uh, within a relationship. Um, that we we you don't even sometimes you don't even know what to heal or what to work on until you meet someone until you get into a relationship, and then uh, if you're with someone who is able to communicate with you some of the things that they notice, like hey, like I notice that like you get really defensive whenever I bring up, um, you know, so and so like my coworker. Yeah, I know she's female, but like what's that all about? And you're like, oh my goodness, like I'm treating you the way that I treated my ex who cheated on me, right? And you may not have even noticed that that was an issue until, guess what? You started to date again. And so sometimes your your partner might bring some things to your attention and then you can bring it up to your, your therapist or your coach or other people or you can start reading on it. Uh, so you should all there. So self-development and growth should always be a process. And you and but there's also a part of you. It's this balance where we should always be working on ourselves, but also we need to accept the fact that we all have flaws. Um, so people talk all the time about people being insecure. The reality of it is, is that literally every single person has insecurities, literally everybody. The difference between someone who's insecure and someone who has who is considered confident is that people who are confident are aware of their insecurities. They just don't allow for their insecurities to overwhelm them. So they have different they have healthy coping skills and coping mechanisms, and they surround themselves with a community of people to be able to help them through their insecurities. I've, I've shared this on this platform before that one of my one of my struggles and one of my, um, you know, issues, if you will, one of one of the things I'm just not very good at is I'm not very organized. And uh, part of it is because I struggle with ADHD. The other part is that I'm just not very, uh, not very organized. But people who work with me, they'll tell you that they people say that I'm extremely organized. The reason why they think that is because I have systems in place, not only for myself, but I have uh, I have uh, people who uh, work for me, who hold me accountable and they help me out with things. So I have ways and systems and people who don't allow for those insecurities that I struggle with to overwhelm me, overwhelm my businesses or anything like that. Um, but it all starts with me being aware of it. And instead of masking over it and pretending like that, like it's not an issue, accepting the fact that it's an issue and allowing for uh, allowing for the vulnerability to for people to sur surround myself with people to uh, help me out with it. Uh, also, I do my due diligence to do my best with it. Uh, I, uh, I, should, uh, I, I may I actually may not have shared this story on here before, but um, going back to insecurities and with uh, with um, organization being insecurity. I remember I, I, uh, I was having a conversation with a supervisor, um, you know, several, several years back um, when back when I was practicing more traditional therapy. And I struggled with getting my paperwork done, right? I loved working with people. I did great with uh, with people in session and things like that. But in terms of getting my notes done, in terms of getting 
um, my treatment plans done, all that kind of stuff. I struggled with it. It's tr turning that stuff in on time. I didn't like it. Right. Uh, I didn't at the time. I didn't know I was struggling with ADHD. And so where I'm going with this is that when I had a conversation with my supervisor, as I told them, like, listen, I'm always going to be an A plus when it comes to um, comes to the work I do with my with my um, with my clients. But in terms of my paperwork, it's going to be a C plus at best. I'll never fail. But it's going to be but the best that I can give. Right. And what I was saying and what I meant by that is that it's a deficit and I had to accept that. Right. And where I'm going with, and what I'm telling you is that a part of a large part of your growth and large part of your healing process is accepting some things about you, accepting some flaws and accepting that this is a weakness of mine. And understanding at the same time that you might have a weakness that you might need help with and you might need assistance with. And so this is this is a large part of your growth, a large part of your healing. Uh, but you have to remember that that also is continuous because you might you might run into a situation five or 10 years from now that you never encountered before. And you might realize that it's a weakness of yours and that you need help and that you need assistance. So this is the reason why you hear myself and you hear so many other people, coaches and clinicians saying that vulnerability is a strength and not a weakness. Because if you're able and if you surround yourself with people who you have the ability to be vulnerable with, then guess what? They can either help you out with a system to put in place or they can help you out themselves with accountability or whatever the case is. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that we should always be working on ourselves. We should always be looking at improving, you know, with the balance and with the with the compassion towards ourselves to accept the fact that we're we're all flawed individuals. Because self-awareness is so, so important. And when, when you're able to be self-aware and also at the same time being accepting of those things, it, it just changes everything. You start to realize, like you start to think about like partners, like if you're on the dating scene, who who would the type of person that would be a good fit for you and vice versa? You know, um, because one of the things one of the things that drives me up a wall when it comes to social media and with a lot of the relationship discussion is a lot of times people get into discussions of people think that as long as they're not narcissist that things are going to work out no 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 we well, there's so many other coping skills that we need to develop right when it comes to healthy relationships because somebody they may not be disordered in any way shape or form but they also may not be a very good fit for you or vice versa and a lot of times if we're not self-aware of ourselves, right? And I always compare this to like shopping for a car, right? If I have a family of four, uh, four kids and, you know, and uh, a wife, guess what? A Mustang will never, ever be a good fit for my family in terms of a family vehicle. It never will be, right? And oftentimes because people lack self-awareness of who they are as an individual, where they want to, where they want to be in the future, uh, some of the weaknesses that they that they uh, that they struggle with, and things like that, or they just lie to themselves. They just assume that they're going to be a good fit with everybody. That's just not true, right? It's just simply not true. And so, uh, it's important for us to be become more self aware, um, 
so then we we realize like what what type of what type of relationship do I want to build with someone right what's going to be a good fit what's going to be a good scenario um, for everyone involved not just myself I used to dream about him leaving but when he did I uh, I was devastated makes no sense so um, it's very very common to after a toxic relationship to start having very vivid dreams. Um, of the person. So for you, it makes no sense. For me, it makes complete sense. Uh, so there's a couple things that I want, want to mention to you in terms of your dreams. It's not a big deal. Like I wouldn't overthink it or anything like that. Um, but uh, it, it's also very common. Don't forget. So I, I, I tell people, people know that I've said this before, but uh, that a toxic relationship is the same part of the brain that functions with addiction. People who are recovering from addiction also uh, struggle with dreams and nightmares and things like that. And then also people who are who have been through traumatic events struggle with dreams and nightmares as well. Uh, so I want you to also follow uh, Jesse Lyons. He talks, he's a dream interpreter. Um, and uh, he talks about how the dreams are never about the other person. Oftentimes it's how about us reconciling things within ourselves. Uh, he talked about that on my podcast. You'll have, you'll have to scroll down because it was probably a couple of years ago now that, that he was on the podcast. So in a situation like this, um, where you're having dreams about uh, your ex, uh, what he what I learned from him on that podcast episode is that a lot of times there's some things about the person or about the situation that you need to reconcile within yourself. So in a situation like this where... Uh, where you were devastated, maybe there's some grief that maybe you maybe that you haven't grieved. Um, maybe there's uh, maybe you do need to be more in touch with you and more in touch with yourself. It may not even be about the relationship, but just in touch with yourself and allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to um, to be devastated about a, a certain situation. Uh, it could be. Um, Sometimes if you've broken up with someone who was very assertive, you may you may um, you might need to be more assertive yourself. Uh, that might be something that that uh, that could be happening. Um, but then also at the same time, it could just be a dream. Uh, I, I tell people don't overthink it, because when you've gone through a traumatic event, it's very common for you to have uh, dreams and nightmares and things like that as well. Uh, I feel it's important to also not try to find red flags purposely. So here's the reality about red flags. Here's what no one, I promise you, you're not going to hear this, but you guys know me. I don't sugarcoat shit and tell you that it's candy, right? So here's the truth about red flags. So not all red flags are deal breakers. The reality of it is, is that literally everybody has red flags, everybody does right so it's important for us for you as a person and us as individuals to know and understand the difference between red flags and deal breakers yes there are certain things that absolutely should be deal breakers no matter what however a great majority of red flags actually should be investigated the, re the reality of it is, is that there's not going to be not one single person. I don't care if they've been married or not. I don't care if they have kids or not. I don't care what the situation is, um, but they're going to have some quirks to them. They're going to have some 
red flags or, or whatever, right? And that's um, kind of what I was talking about earlier, where I said, you know, you can actually heal within a relationship. Uh, that's kind of the benefit of, of being in a relationship is that you have a partner who can tell you some things that they notice about yourself, whether it be something as simple as snoring or something like uh, notice that you get defensive, like in this situation or uh, or that situation. But the reality of it is, is that everyone's going to have red flags. And guess what? It's important for us to realize that because you have red flags. I have red flags. And those red flags might be different from one person to another. Uh, one what one person considers a green flag, another person might consider a red flag. Uh, one person, the fact that you're a great parent, might be a red flag to another person who wants nothing to do with, uh, who doesn't want to be with a single father or a single mother, right? So, uh, so everyone's perception of that is going to be very different as well. Um, but so it's important for us for you to differentiate the difference between what you might consider a red flag where you're like, if I notice these type of behaviors or this situation or that situation, I might pause or I might slow down a bit and I'm going to gain some understanding of where they're at. Um, so, for example, someone may not have a lot. You know, I know everyone wants the guy that makes six figures, right, or is a millionaire or whatever the case is. But guess what? If you're in your 30s and 40s and you're dating someone who has been through a divorce, uh, guess what? They may have been wrecked financially, right? And uh, I know a lot of people who have gone through a toxic relationship, uh, they may have uh, – it doesn't mean that they don't have the potential to get there. It doesn't mean that, they don't, that they're not recovering or whatever, right? A lot of people have uh, – and, and you can listen to a podcast I did with – we talked about um, financial abuse, right? So some people – a lot of people, both men and women, have experienced that. So they may not be where they would like to be when they meet you, right? And so when you investigate and when you learn a little bit more about them through through the dating process, you might say to yourself, like, I can understand, I can see how all of this has happened or how all of this has unfolded, right? Um, and vice versa. Um, and so red flags really should be investigated, but it's important for you to understand the difference between red flag and the deal breaker. Uh, sometimes those red flags do become deal breakers. And if you kind of want to learn more about that and know more about the, the difference between the two, there's a really good book. It's a very short book, but a very powerful book called um, Boundaries After a Pathological Relationship. Boundaries After a Pathological Relationship. Um, it's a very short book, but you can get it on Audible. You can get it on um, through Amazon. Um, but it's one of my favorite books. I recommend it to to any and everyone. Um, not only will it help you talk about boundaries that you should be considering after a toxic relationship, but it, it also talks a lot about um, boundaries and deal breakers. And um, and most people who I've recommended it to not only read that, but they also reread reread it uh, over and over again too. Uh, why narcs or toxic people always want someone to give? them what they want right now that's a very great that's a really good question the reason why um why people people who are manipulative want what they want right here right now i want you to i want you to think about think about this right they cause and they create a sense of urgency so uh, this is what most if not everyone has experienced how many of you experienced where uh, you don't answer the phone within three minutes and they want you to pick, you know, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. Um, if you don't respond to them or if they ask you a question, if you don't respond immediately, all hell breaks loose. 
what happens is that you're, or how many of you are co-parenting and you're still struggling with that? They call or they text and you feel like you have to just respond right away. You're not actually responding, you're reacting. You just want that person to, you're, you're actually in people-pleasing mode where you're actually just trying to keep yourself safe and trying to, you're trying to calm that person down. You're not actually thinking about a proper response. So what happens is that typically whatever it is that they're requesting from you, you're just giving it to them just to try to keep the peace and just to try to calm them down. But oftentimes, after you look in the rearview mirror, you, you typically have given something that you normally would not have given. You, you gave too much money or given money at all. You agreed to a date that you didn't want to go on. You... Uh, ended up on the phone too long. You ended up, if you're, it's a co-parenting situation, you ended up switching days that you normally wouldn't want, want to switch or you agreed to terms that you normally wouldn't want to agree to in a divorce or, or settlement or whatever it is that you're going through. Uh, notice that those times where they create that sense of urgency, that it typically only benefits them, right? It doesn't benefit you uh, not not in the short term nor in the long long term. This is the reason why I tell people to slow that pace down, right? To even if you're co-parenting, you can't go no co no contact with someone you're co-parenting with. But what you can do is you can delay your response and allow for uh, your cortisol, your adrenaline to start to settle back down, to start to settle back in. And then what happens is that once you start to settle in, you start to realize and you can typically see where the manipulation is, where your boundaries are. You see everything a lot more clearly. A great majority of things that we deal with in life, a great majority of them, right? There isn't this sense of urgency that we have to make a decision right here, right now. Um, but they create a sense of, uh, sense of urgency. They make you feel like there is a sense of urgency uh, so they can have their, have their way with you. Financial abuse was our downfall. I had no idea about gambling addiction. It's not, um, yeah, it's definitely not talked about. And for those of you who who have been through financial abuse, there's actually a book on financial abuse. It's called Financial Abuse. So make sure you guys check that out. So thank you guys very much. Uh, I am going to hop off, um, but I, I will be going live more often. Um, don't forget, make sure you guys are following my other platform, Pfeiffer Media, on all social media platforms. Also, if you guys are struggling, if you guys need help, if you guys are, uh, whether you are in the relationship, whether you are recovering from the relationship, uh, if you go to the link in my bio, you can book a um, book a session with a better help therapist. Um, and because I'm a partner of theirs, you'll get an exclusive offer, fifteen percent off your first month of therapy. Uh, they not only will treat you, but they will take care of your children as well. So they uh, offer, they do offer um, child therapy to teens and to children. Um, the other thing about linking up with them, the misconception is that they're online only. That's not true. Um, they do offer online. However, you can actually meet with the therapist in person if you want to as well. So make sure you guys take full advantage of that. Uh, with all that being said, thank you guys very much. And I will talk to you soon. Dream big, mama told me dream big.